SLU International Business Now, Conversations That Matter, is a podcast developed by the Boeing Institute of International Business in St. Louis University's Chaffetz School of Business. Special thanks to founder Dr. Sung Kim for his grant to support the launch of this podcast. Today's episode of SLU International Business Now, Conversations That Matter, is brought to you by Merits. At Merits, we operate on the belief that humanity's greatest resource is the potential in people. Our passion is clear, engaging people and elevating performance. No matter the solution, our job is to help move people from where they are to where they aspire to be. We support, encourage, and celebrate those who step up and accept the challenge to reach their personal best with science and art and passion and an unshakable belief in people. We are Merits. This is Todd Havermill bringing you conversations that matter. In this episode, host Jeff Klopfenstein sat down with Chad Merriman, Chief Commercial Officer at Watlow, to discuss Watlow's recent acquisition of Eurotherm and its implications. Here is the full conversation with Chad and Jeff. Chad, thanks for talking with me today, and please tell me a few things about about your role in in Watlow. Great. Jeff, thanks for having me. Uh, We're excited to tell our story here at Watlow. Uh, I'm an uh, 18-year uh, veteran here at Watlow now, Chief Commercial Officer. Uh, Watlow is organized in uh, three business units, three vertical markets where we focus our talents. Uh, one is in semiconductor markets, one is in energy and environmental technologies, and then our thermal solutions business unit serves all the other markets like aerospace and medical. And so I also GM that business unit, uh, and it's a it's not quite about half the business, it's, a, but one, it's one of our larger business units. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me about your, your owner, uh, Tinicum, and how, they, how you relate to, to the uh, company that owns Watlow. About five years ago, we were third generation uh, with the Deloge family. And deep into our strategy, our growth strategy, really excited about the potential in Watlow and saw that the, the investment risk profile of the current family didn't match what the strategy was calling for. We really needed more investment to, to, in capital and people, and, and we were really excited about that. And so five years ago, the owner at the time uh, went out to the marketplace, found a, a, com- a company, a partner in, in uh, Tinicum. It's a, it's a private equity family office, different profile than what you see. They... Uh, really invest in long term. Uh, they don't have a window. Uh, some of their companies, one of their uh, oldest companies, they've owned for over 20 years. And so uh, it's been just a great uh, partnership since that time. Uh, they've really invested and bought into the strategy. And uh, because of the nature of their business, they see a lot of good companies. They uh, operate good companies. And so they, they're really in a position to ask good questions when, when we talk to them about our strategy. And good questions generally point you to other uh, other opportunities or greater potential. So we've been really blessed uh, in the, for the last three years. Tell me about the manufacturing platform of Watlow and how that's evolved over time and how that, that's evolved with the new ownership. Absolutely. So another, all your questions are going to be great, but that one's exciting as well. That's part of the investment that we were looking from Tenecum is help us invest in uh, our manufacturing capabilities. And Tinicum likes to own manufacturing companies, and so they love to invest in, in manufacturing uh, automations and tools and capital. And so it's really allowed us to expand our strategy around manufacturing. Uh, 
You know, Watlow has historically been a North America-centric manufacturing company, but we know we needed to expand that manufacturing footprint greater into Europe and greater into Asia so we could reach those customers more effectively. And, and Tinicum is really enabling us to do that. With one of those acquisitions was the uh, Eurotherm acquisition. So how, how is that going? What, what was the strategy behind that? It's, uh, so with Tinicum in their position as a, as a family practice, they get a look at a lot of good companies. And so now they're in a position to, to not only did we have an organic uh, strategy, but an inorganic for acquisition to add to capabilities and footprint. And so this opportunity came up and we were amazing. You know, we're just excited about it. Uh, with our strategy, our growth strategy, one of those growth strategies was diversification, like I mentioned. How do we change our revenue streams, our revenue footprint, and Eurotherm really enabled that. Watlow, historically, for the, the prior 99 years, uh, we were US-centric, OEM, originally equipment manufacturing-centric, uh, um, and CapEx-driven in, in the capital equipment market. And Eurotherm, and so our goal was, how do we become more outside of the U.S., uh, more direct to end users, and diversify our revenue from all CapEx to more OpEx? And Eurotherm checked all those boxes for us. They gave us a huge footprint in Europe. They gave us access to Eastern European manufacturing. They brought us a different uh, complementary customer set, and they brought us complementary products uh, that also extended our capabilities in, in strategic areas like data, software, and systems. So it's just an amazing uh, synergistic plan. So a U.S.-based, historically U.S.-based company acquiring a major European company. And I can imagine simply from a cultural standpoint, there were, there were differences and, and now it's a little more than a year. How, how's, how's it going? How's the integration going a little more than a year and how are those cultures How's the culture of the whole company changed since then? Yeah, so it was it was a, a interesting acquisition, and without Tinicum, I don't think we could have processed it because we were buying a company that was owned by a much larger corporation, a thirty billion dollar company selling off a small business unit, and so uh, from a culture perspective, um, the good news is uh, Wallow and Eurotherm uh, were very similar in how we went to market and. Uh, we design, we develop, uh, we manufacture our own products. And so uh, at the core, we were very similar, but certainly the big company to small company influence all the structure. Uh, Watlow tends to uh, want to be and, and is a little bit more innovative, a little bit faster, a little bit higher in risk taking, uh, willing to, uh, uh, to be a little bit looser, to go fast, uh, we believe. Uh, making decisions faster puts us in a, a better competitive position than than and drawing it out. And so, coming from a thirty billion dollar company where decision making uh, would roll up and down and then back up again, that was one of the biggest uh, I think culture changes is is getting this organization to say take a chance and go. And even from a standpoint of uh, languages, how yeah. from back to the human side of of culture, how, how's the human side working here after a year? Yeah, I think with any change, people get nervous, right? When, uh, and so uh, we really focused um, on, the, on the integration strategy, and it starts with having a good business strategy. When you have a good business strategy, then you can, uh, and we knew exactly how they would came in, then you could create an integration strategy. 
and the and so then you can quickly decide how do you want to integrate people tools and processes uh, and so giving people a quick replacement picture so they know exactly how they can add value to the organization uh, was important having Eurotherm work for a large company generally what you find in almost all the front offices everybody was fluent in English uh, multilingual in Europe uh, and so language really wasn't a barrier and, and we were fortunate from that and even for Watlow as a as a international global company uh, English is still the business language and we tend to be able to navigate pretty easily uh, in Europe or in Asia. We're just finished 2023 so how did the first full year go? Did the company achieve what you hoped to achieve in the in your business plan? Yeah we were, we're, we're blessed we've done well. Uh, we created a three-year plan and uh, we originally our plan uh, was to allow for some settling in for culture and people and what we found as we got into due diligence and in those first early days is that everybody was so excited to get going that we really were able to accelerate that uh, integration plan. And we really walked through and, and part of it was making sure that the plan was equitable uh, so that uh, at all levels of the organization there was an appropriate representation of Watlow and Eurotherm uh, with a bias towards uh, best team member for the job. Uh, but the integration really turned out to be pretty equitable. And ultimately, uh, at the end of the first year, we actually achieved year two's goals. And so now we're, we're just blowing through that. The potential between the combined companies is just amazing. That's, that's great to hear, Chad. Just a very, very basic question is, is Watco growing? And what, what are the competitive strengths of what, what low in the marketplace? Right. Um, so for sure, uh, Watlow, we're on a pace to uh, almost double in size in the last four years, uh, and the acquisition has helped with that. Uh, we expect uh, uh, 2024 to be another strong growth year, um, both from an organic perspective, and we have several things that are moving through in our funnel uh, that uh, would be exciting. Um, and it really, uh, you know, what, what drives us is, is good strategy, clarity of strategies, picking uh, the right markets and segments to be in, uh, making sure that those places have good market dynamics and, and Watlow is selected well, that, and it fits well with our core capabilities. Watlow uh, is, was founded on innovation. Uh, you know, the company got started because we started inventing products and we've continued that, that pedigree. We carry over 1,200 patents. And our specialty is around the thermal loop, is what we call it, is uh, we manufacture things that provide electrical heat, uh, plus the power to do that and the ability to control that and the ability to provide sensing so that it operates the way it wants, uh, needs to. And so Watlow uh, invents those technologies, we develop those technologies, design our products and we manufacture our products and we're able to really tailor it to customers' applications and problems. And, and because of that, uh, in picking the right problems, we've really benefited from some, some really good tailwinds in market dynamics. Okay, and it sounds like you're making some of your own tailwinds. And we're, we're strategically picking the right places to be. Switching gears, let's, let's switch. We've talked a lot about Europe. Let's switch to China. And in particular, there are a number of global tensions in the world and, and a lot of companies are, uh, are heavily dependent upon China for, for uh, supply chain 
and uh, China has a huge customer base as well. So tell me about how, how what Motlow's strategy in China and, and on the supply side and also on the uh, on the customer side. Well, for any global company, China is important. It's the second largest global economy. And how you navigate uh, commercially in, in China is uh, very important. Um, you know, Watlow tends to simplify, I'll simplify things. When we think of import and export control, import control is very much about getting paid, making sure we collect and we create, uh, a, the U.S. creates a fair marketplace uh, for, for uh, companies here. Export is about national defense. And export controls is about making sure that as you sell products into China, like Watlow, that has multi-use uh, opportunities, how do we make sure that it's being used for the use that it's intended to uh, versus uh, a, a use that creates risk for our, uh, our own national security? And so that one is navigating trade compliance. But uh, to your point, because of that, it creates there's there's evolving um, restrictions and, and compliance requirements, and, and it creates risk for supply chain. It creates risk uh, for IP. And so we're very much trying to figure out how do we diversify and reduce our risk in China. So we are looking for dual sourcing materials, expanding our manufacturing footprint in Malaysia. We, during COVID, we actually bought a factory, a building, uh, site unseen. Uh, and during COVID, we bought the building. And by the end of the year, we're actually manufacturing from there and did all of that from far in the, in the, in the, under the constraints of COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to us uh, to reduce our risk uh, of supply chain and of manufacturing in China but not abandon the market because that market is is very strategic for anybody who's playing on a global uh, global uh, basis. And Chad, you have manufacturing in China. Correct. And so that manufacturing in China, is that pointed toward what market? Uh, several markets, uh, like I mentioned, it's pointed to oil and gas, food equipment, uh, medical devices, um, electric vehicle uh, battery production, which is a growing market. Uh, so uh, we provide products that would that would uh, support all the manufacturing of those in, in those spaces. And uh, looking to expand regards China or how, how does it? Yep. So the 80-20 strategy is how do we uh, prepare China for China? Mm -hmm. So how do we source and produce and manufacture for the local market? And we'll use Malaysia to support the rest of Asia for that benefit. And so as we have success in China, we'll continue to invest in China. What are the opportunities for Watlow moving forward? How, how can Watlow help us to transition to a low-carbon low future? That's an important question that many uh, companies are trying to answer, especially in the manufacturing environment. Uh, you know, obviously we know as you drive gas-fired vehicles, you're contributing to uh, the, the, uh, the carbon issue. But so the manufacturers, the automobile manufacturers trying to resolve that. But there's all, all the industries are also trying to contribute to how do we move to a net zero uh, and reduce our carbon footprint. And so Watlow, we're in a unique position because all of these gas-fired processes that uses oil or gasoline or some other carbon-based material are looking to go to an alternative and an electric heater, which Watlow produces, 
is a is a obvious answer to that, as well as other alternative energy sources. But Wallow is in a unique position to capitalize on that market. We believe that market is going to grow dramatically as all those industries uh, try to to make that transition, uh, that energy transition. And uh, we're in a unique position to help solve those problems because those companies who are trying, they have the commitment that they want to go to uh, a zero-based carbon footprint, but they don't know how to solve the problem. And so that's where Watlow can come in, help them transition their applications or processes, and hopefully uh, not only make the process consistent to prior, but make it better at the same time. Because electric heat brings in some unique benefits around better temperature uniformity and control of the of the temperature in the heat profile. And your employees relate to this Watlow's position in the low carbon future? Is that something that's motivating to employees? Well, one of the things that's important to Watlow, and Jeff, you, you kind of touched on it, is culture is important to Watlow. And uh, years ago, uh, we, we really uh, got focused on how do we make our culture more constructive? How do we get our team members leaning in uh, to, to the work? And it starts with getting them connected to a higher purpose. And so Watlow, you know, we really uh, value focusing on the problems that make, it, make a difference. And we know we can connect our markets and our products to our uh, team members and uh, get them in a position where they feel like they can make a difference every day. And uh, it comes through in their attitude, it comes through in the quality of our products, it it comes through in many ways. Sounds like a great place to work. (laughs) We, there's so much potential and the team loves it here. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. And before we close, what, any final final comments you'd like to to provide about the the future of Watlow and the yeah. next five years would look like? Yeah, well, and maybe uh, one for the, the folks that are listening in, because uh, I appreciate the, the line of questioning is, uh, how did the integration with Eurotherm, why did you make that acquisition, what is your strategy in China, what is your manufacturing uh, footprint strategy? And those are great questions. And, and one of the things, what's rooted in there is that the clarity and vividness of your strategy makes everything else simple. And it makes decision-making simpler, and it makes decision-making faster. And so that's where Watlow spends our time, is making sure that our strategies is, is vivid, and that we cascade that through the organization so that every person knows that every decision that they're making, how it aligns to the strategy, and they're empowered to make that decision because we know they're aligned to the mission. And that's one of the things that we believe is an incredible competitive advantage, is the ability to get the organization making decisions faster. We'd rather err on motion. And that's what I would suggest for anybody listening. Clarity and vividness of strategy and the ability for your organization to understand it. Thanks, Chad. Again, that's very inspiring. And I'm sure, like you say, your your employees uh, all across the world are inspired by uh, clarity of, of strategy. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Chad. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Chad Merriman from Watlow. If you learned something from this podcast, please support our show by leaving a review with your podcast provider. We hope you will join us next time as we continue to explore international business. I'm Todd Habermill, bringing you conversations that matter.
Thank you for tuning in to the SLU International Business Now Conversations That Matter podcast. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast series so you don't miss any future episodes. To learn more about the Executive Master of International Business Program, please visit BIIB.SLU.EDU. Again, that's BIIB.SLU.EDU.